it seems in our culture that we're in right now is almost, uh, I don't want to say obsessed, but, the, but there sure is a lot of preoccupations with being uh, physically fit. Have you noticed that? I, I, it's probably just me as I sit on the couch and, uh, and uh, eat a peanut butter and banana sandwich or something. Uh, but I'm sitting there eating my banana sandwich and every other commercial, they've got some kind of exercise machine and somebody on it doing something. And I just want to tell you, the people that they show riding them machines and walking, don't need to be on them machines. <laughs> I don't know where they get those people to add try the house on machine. I think they go to the gym or something, but they need to be on the couch where I am and have somebody like me up there. That would be realistic. It's, uh, it's almost like, I mean, we're really preoccupied you know, with, with, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not complaining. It's probably good, but being healthy and, and being heart healthy, cardio, getting your cardio up. It's hard to do that sitting on the couch. I know that I've tried, but getting your cardio up and then in the, where we live. And if, if, if something happens and either the, the exercise machine don't work or the right, we've got medicine to, you know, to help fix whatever's wrong. But when, when the writer of the gospel of Matthew, when Matthew writes his letter, uh, things were a lot different. Uh, the, the life expectancy in Matthew's day was a lot shorter life expectancy than we have today. And, and matter of fact, disease and, uh, and epidemics and uh, uh, stuff like that could, could wipe out a whole village or a whole town. A lot of people were affected by that. Now, in our day, like, like we, we share, and, and Jeff shared several prayer requests, and uh, we hate to hear, you know, cancer. Someone's got cancer, and, and they're dealing with that. Uh, the, the, or we hate to hear someone's, someone's got contacted AIDS, and they've, they've got to deal with that. In, in the writing of Matthew, in Matthew's day, one of the most dreaded diagnoses that could ever be heard was, you've got leprosy. You've got leprosy. Uh, that was no known cure and was very contagious and was always, always fatal. Uh, matter of fact, lep- the, the very word leper or lep means scaly. And, and, and usually, usually the, the appearance of leprosy, my understanding of reading about it, would that it would be kind of like a, a spongy, scaly looking uh, kind of growth that come up on the skin. But, but soon would spread, affecting the, the body, the, the extremities, the fingers, toes, could, could take off lips, nose, ears, uh, eventually would affect the bones, would affect the strength of bones, would affect the internal organs, and make, make the leper susceptible to all other kinds, tuberculosis and all other kinds of deadly diseases also. It was a, uh, it was, it was a, a, a diagnosis it was a, that was horrible. It was because the person when diagnosed with that, with leprosy, would be taken and put in quarantine, would be isolated, taken away from any contact with anyone else. Because it was that deadly, it was that dreaded leprosy. It, would, uh, it, was, it, was, it was there that they, they, by law, they had to keep themselves covered. If anyone came close to them, they couldn't come in contact with people and if anyone come within a specified distance that they had to shout out, unclean, unclean. They had to let them know, stay away from me. Stay away from me. And no one was allowed to touch 
a leper. It was that bad. It was that debilitating. It was that disfiguring. It was that repulsive. The stench and the smell of, of uh, rotting flesh, if you've ever been exposed to that, is something you don't get out of the, your nostrils easily. And it was that repulsive. Matter of fact, in, in studying for this, I, I read across a couple of, uh, of things that were interesting to me by rabbis of that day. Quoting, one rabbi said, when I see lepers, I throw stones at them lest they come near me. <laughs> How'd you like to have a pastor like that? <laughs> Another rabbi said, I would not so much as eat an egg that was purchased on a street where a leper had walked. Wow. Now, and, and it's not just to, I'm, I'm not trying to point out how bad these rabbis were. What I'm trying to help us do is to understand the mindset of how horrible and how dreaded and how feared this condition, this disease caused leprosy was. A leper was untouchable. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 8 because we're going to encounter a leper. As you're turning there, allow me to pray. Now, Father, we've sung of your glory. We've sung of your power. We've sung of your freeing power to break chains, to unloose shackles. We've heard of the testimony of, your, of, of you going out and restoring and bringing home the prodigals. We've heard of your redemptive power and your restoration power of a grandson, Lord, who was born with all kinds of things against him and how you've, you've grown him and how you've honored him. Now this, Father, this morning as we open your word, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit of God would come and, Lord, that you would be our teacher, that you would be the preacher, and that you would take the word of God as you bring it through our minds and, Lord, put it deep in our hearts and our soul and our spirits. Not so we would just know more, but so that we would be more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. We invite you to do this. I invite you to do this in my life and in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, as we get to Matthew 8, Jesus has just finished the message up on the mountainside, Matthews 5, 6, and 7. And as he's finished this message, it was a message that the people marveled because they had never heard one speak like this and with the authority which, with, with which he spoke. And as we get to chapter 8, as Jesus at verse 1 says, and when he was coming down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Now, I take this to mean there was a big crowd. There was a big crowd that was following Jesus. They had, they had, so many of them had heard his teaching, others had heard about it. And, and as he come down, it was a tremendous following. But then look at verse 2. And behold, there came a leper. Now, when I read that, when I was reading that, I, I thought, wow, it really doesn't do it justice. And behold, we'd like to say, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Here comes a leper. Now, I don't know how large the crowd was, but it must have started toward the back somewhere. That all of a sudden, someone sees or smells or there's this sense of this figure that's coming toward them. It's covered, they're wrapped, they're stink, and they know this smell. And maybe, I don't know, but all of a sudden, 
the, there's, there's a rumble among the crowd. Maybe the mamas begin saying, where's our kids? Where's the kids? Get the kids. And they're running to grab their kids to be sure that their kids have not touched, are not being contaminated, are not come in contact with this. Maybe there's, maybe there's a rumble and maybe the, the crowd begins to kind of part a little bit like the parting of a Red Sea. And maybe there's louder voices as the men in the crowd more vocally express their concerns and that somebody's got to do something to stop this. How dare him? You don't do this. He is doing that which is not allowed. He's coming into public. He's coming into contact and they're giving him a wide berth. But they, he knows better than to be there. And the crowd begins to part. And you kind of get the impression in reading this that as the murmur started at the back around, that soon it took over and here the crowd parts. And I don't know if they just part and stand and watch. Someone after first service said they were out of there. Because here comes this figure. Here comes this. And this he, the scripture tells us it was a man. Or it just tells us the leopard. Don't tell it was a man. You know, and maybe it was hard to tell with all of what had happened. Here comes this figure and comes right down to the feet of Jesus and kneels down. Oh, you don't do it that way. Did, not, did somebody not tell him you don't do it that way? And he comes down and as he kneels worshiping Jesus... He kneels worshiping Jesus, and I want you to notice this. As you read, you can read the, this account in some of the other gospels, and as you read it, you, you kind of get the impression that somewhere along the line, this leper has heard of the power of this man. This leper, no doubt, had to go through this mental battle, this mental struggle, with even as his plan was devised. I'm going to get to him somehow. And he had, I'm sure he had this mental battle. You can't do that. They'll stone you to death before you get there. You get in rock through a distance and they will knock you down, knock you out and kill you and pile a pile of stones up over you and nobody will come near it because you're an untouchable. You're a leper. You're unclean. You're unfit. How dare you think that you can get to him? He's a holy man. He's not, you can't come in contact with him. But somehow, this man has heard, and this man has dared to believe, because he comes worshiping. Wow. That tells me a lot. And the man has come to the place, no doubt, where he says, I, I've nothing to lose, but everything to gain. I'm dying. There's, there's, there's no cure. I'm waiting for the end. It would be merciful if it come quickly. But I'm dying literally a piece of the time. A day at a time. I can't, my family's gone. I've lost everything. I don't have a job. I can't come in contact. I can't even be around people. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm alone and nobody cares. And I've got to get to him. But he comes worshiping. And the thing that amazes me is as he kneels before Jesus, listen to what the untouchable says. Through, through what might have been where lips used to be, what most likely and almost unsure, assuredly were vocal cords that had been affected by this debilitating disease came this hoarse, raspy voice. Lord, 
Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Wow. Wow. What amazed me, he didn't, I, I believe this guy had no doubt of the power of this man. He knew he could. He knew he could. I believe if we listened to this morning and we asked, who here believes God can do anything? All our hands would go up. We would be like Mary after the angel appeared to her. She didn't understand how she was going to have a baby without knowing a man. But the angel told her, told, told her it was going to be this way. And, she, and the angel looked and she said, I don't know how this could be. And the angel said, with God, all things are possible. And Mary just said, okay, Lord, however you do this thing, you do it. So here he comes, and and I'm sure that we believe and know that God can, but the question with this man was not God can or Jesus, can you do this? He may have heard of the healings. He may have heard of the power. He had heard of of the teaching, and he worshiped it. But his question was, do you want this for me? See, I'm convinced that Satan lies to us all the time. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. When Scripture calls him the father of lies, to me that says like Satan's, Satan's really good at it. And Satan, and, and every lie originates from, with him. And one of the lies that he perpetrates day in and day out and day in and day out, and not just on the unbelievers, but one of the lies that Satan perpetrates is God don't care. And it doesn't matter with God. And so the, 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 the question was not so much a question, it was, it was Do you care that I'm like this? If you will, you can make me clean. This was the question. Now, I'm sure that the crowd was waiting. If there was crowd left, what was left? Who hadn't boogied out of there? Who hadn't gone? That most likely they were ready and they were saying, hey, the teacher is going to straighten him out. The teacher is going to let him know that lepers don't come and, and mess up the crowds. Lepers don't come in contact. Lepers don't come here. This is not the way it's supposed to be done. And I'm sure they were expecting Jesus to let him know that and say, um, you know, you may have not got the word, but you're, you're supposed to stay away. Uh, I'm sorry you're like this, but because you're like this, you're not fit to be around everybody else. If you'd wanted, to ha- wanted me to do something, you surely could have had sent word somehow. Somehow or another you could have got word. But you've come here and look, look what you, they were waiting for all this. But instead, Jesus does the unthinkable. Instead, Jesus breaks across every boundary, every wall, and there at his feet is this figure. There at his feet is this unclean person. There at his feet is this disfigured person in all his stink, in all his filth, in all his rags. And he says, if you want to, I can be, you can make me clean. And before Jesus says a word, look what verse 3 says. Before Jesus says a word, says, and Jesus reaches out his hand and he touches him. What? You've got to be kidding me. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about three things about Jesus touching this leper and three things about the touch of Jesus. It was a compassionate touch. It was a comforting touch. And it was a cleansing touch. As we read this, he reached out and touched him. When we read, if we read this account in Mark chapter 1, verse 41, Mark 1, 41 tells us this. It says, and Jesus, it's the same account of this, of this same thing. It says, and Jesus moved with 
compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. And he said to him, I will, you be clean. <coughs> Moved with compassion. What, what does compassion mean to you? What's compassion mean? Huh? He cares. Who said that? Oh, the nurse. Yeah, yeah. He cares. Jesus cared for him. Do you know Jesus cares for you? The touch of Jesus is first of all a compassion. It's a touch of compassion. He cares for you. He cares for you. I love that someone was talking, we were, we were talking this recently this week with somebody. You know, I'm getting my age. I, I can have a conversation 15 minutes ago and it's new to me, you know, and I've had the same conversation. But we were talking about, just as Carol was, was talking about Makai, is that Jesus is the one He's the shepherd who will leave the 99 in the fold. And Julie, he'll go looking for the one that's, that's lost and wandering and hurting and alone and isolated and disfigured and dirty and impure and has lost everything. And he says, Jesus, do you care? If you really care, if you want to, do you want me like this? And Jesus' first act was an act of compassion to say, I care. And not only did he care, but that translates to you and me, is I love you. He loves me. Last weekend, we, uh, the men's retreat, I had Brother Greg, Pastor Greg Williams. And uh, did, you, did you like Greg? He, he, he's, just, he's, just such a, he's, just, he's just such a real brother. And because of everything that he shared with us or things that, he has, that, that he's walked out. With Jesus, he's a man. You can't be around him long without him talking to you about Jesus because he's in love with him. Now, for some of you, this may, this may be an exercise in, in going back a ways. Can you remember when you were really in love with that one that you're married to now? Those of you that are married, okay. I can. It just seems like yesterday, it's been it'd be 47 years this June. But, uh, woo, gosh, and she had a birthday this week, so she was, she was probably six or eight when we were dating. I don't know. <laughs> Seems that way. But I, but I just want to tell you, and, and I, I probably would never was this way, but I can remember Mama saying to me, Lord, he's living on love and tater pie. <laughs> it affected, because, I mean, I, mean, I was, I, then, then I was, I was skinny, then I couldn't gain weight. I was playing sports, and I was trying to bulk up. I was 135 at my max. I was 135 pounds of fury. <laughs> and, that, and that was right after I'd got out of the shower before I dried off. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I, 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 I love to eat. And uh, it never did affect me. David Chatham said, you know, David Chatham, David Chatham said he, uh, he, he, you know, you'd put the raw eggs in the milk, drink that. Anybody, anybody, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But, but at one time, you know, Raw eggs and milk, and I make you gain weight. Put raw eggs in a milkshake, eat, you know, eat those things. David Chatham said he did that all his life, and he said it never affected him. He said he woke up when he was 40 years old, and they had to cut his undershorts off of him overnight. <laughs> he blowed up like a blimp. Well, I just, I just know I, I love to eat, and I, and I love to eat, but, but when you're in love, when you're really in love, and you got a bad case of love, it, it, you know, it'll do something to your appetite. It'll affect my appetite. But, but, but if you're around somebody that's really in love, you'll know it soon, right? Because that's all they talk about. That's all they talk about. And as soon as you say, 
well, well, don't you ever think about anything else? Oh, yeah, I think about the ball game. Let me tell you about the ball game. And, and she was watching the ball game with me. And I just want you to know she was, and, and you're like, oh, my goodness. When you're in love, you, you know, people around you know it. All right? And Greg, there's somebody that's in love with Jesus. And at the men's conference, he was sharing with us that love of Jesus and how that love of Jesus, Jesus says, by this, the world's going to know you're my disciples by the love that you have one for another. And he says it's his kind of love. He tells us a commandment. This is my commandment, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. Love like I've loved you. This touch that Jesus, when he reached out and touched this man, not only was he saying, I care, he was saying, I love you. And that's a difference maker. That's a difference maker. You've heard me say it. I've got an article that's going to be, that's coming out in, in the, this month's newsletter that's called A Game Changer. I just thought I'd use a difference maker a lot and I've was, I was been creative. Uh, but love is a, is, is a game changer. When you know you're loved, when you know that you're really loved, it changes things. But now listen to me. When you know that you're loved by the creator of the world, and when you know that you're loved by the one who demonstrated his love for us so much that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, it changes things. Can you say with me, Jesus loves me? Jesus loves me. Can you say it with me again? Jesus loves me. It's not just saying, it's understanding that as we're saying it. We're saying the truth. The song says, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. I love that. That is a difference maker. And I'm convinced when Jesus reached his hand out with a mood with compassion and touched this leper, it was not only a touch of compassion, showing him that he cared, showing him that he loves him but it's also a touch of comfort. Now just think about this. I don't know, we don't know how long this leper had been like this. But since the day that he was diagnosed, there had been no loving contact with any other clean individual. The wife, the wife may still care. The wife may still love him. But the wife, if there was a wife involved, the wife would have to be pragmatic. She would have to be practical. If she touched him, she would become unclean. And then if she became unclean, who would provide for the kids? If she was unclean, she would be put aside. And the kids, they would, the kids would be taken from them. Who would take care of him? So she had to be practical. Honey, I love you, but I, I can't touch you anymore. There can be no more contact. There would be no kids, no grandkids crawling up in your lap, rubbing your face and telling you how much they love you. No matter what the circumstances, you were isolated. You were away. There was no loving touch. There was no comfort to be had in the touch of a friend or a loved one or a family member. Jesus' touch was a touch of comfort in spite of how in spite of the smell, in spite of the looks, in spite of the circumstances, in spite of everything else, when Jesus touched him or, or, or it, it was a touch of compassion, but it was a touch of comfort. The pure Lamb of God, he touches him. Not only was it a touch of compassion and a touch of comfort, but it was a cleansing touch. 
It's a cleansing touch. Verse 3 says, Jesus reaches out and touches him and he says, I will be thou clean. Jesus says, I want to and I'm going to. And when Jesus wants to, he can, right? When he wants to, he can. And he said, I will be thou clean. It was a cleansing touch. Not only, and, 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 and listen to this, not only physically, not just physically. That's, that's, all, that's awesome because it says, and immediately this leprosy was cleansed. It was a cleansing touch. The leper, the, the, if the, the digits that are, were gone, now they're there. The eyebrows, the eyelashes that have been gone, now they're there. The stench, the smell, it's, no, it's, it's gone. It's, it's, what's left is just simply in the cloths that were there. The organs, the vocal cords, they're restored. They're made whole. It was a physical touch for sure, but it was a, an emotional touch. Can you imagine that? He who was unclean is now made clean. He who was impure is now made pure. He who was broken is now restored. But it was a spiritual touch because the request was make me clean. There's just something about that. Clean. And he touches him. And the command is be clean. Unclean one, be clean. Impure one, be pure. Broken one, be restored. The skin, the scaly, the, the tumors, the, all this. And now it's like a baby's skin. Restored, cleansed. And then I want you to look at this. All the isolation, all the hopelessness is now been replaced by joy. That's at the touch of Jesus. What a difference. What a difference Jesus' touch makes in a person's life. Jesus says to him, I didn't spend much time on this in first service. I'm probably not going to either. There's a, there's a lot of things about verse 4. The reason I don't spend a lot of time on it, don't know a lot about it. Uh, verse 4, Jesus says to him, now see that you don't tell anybody. But go your way and show yourself to the, to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. I'll just tell you, I, again, have a lot of fun. I don't understand. As you read the other accounts and other gospels, it said he went everywhere telling everybody. Why did he do that? I don't know. I, I just love it. First, first service, Willie, I think Willie was talking, Willie Cohen was talking to Jeff and I after service, and he said he believed the reason Jesus told him, here, don't tell anybody, is by the time the leper got up front and kneeled down and Jesus done reached down and touched him, it was just all over as far as the service that day. And the people were, probably a lot of them were gone. They were out of there. And, and Willie said he's convinced that Jesus didn't want the rest of them that left know what happened. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably, I don't know. But this I do know now, and I believe this, is that once Jesus has touched us, he expects our lives to be a testimony of that touch and of the difference it makes and of the change it makes. I don't believe this leper would ever be the same. Could you? I, I mean, I could, I, could get, I could just get off and have a ball with this. Can you imagine him going, like, I believe he went to the priest, first of all, probably everybody along the way. He's got to get a different change of clothes, right? He's got, he's got leper rags all around him. I, I don't know, I, and I don't know, I know there's strips of cloth. I kind of like get like this, this 
and this is a bad, I don't like this commercial, but the little Charmin commercial with the bears with the toilet tissue, and there's tissue trailing behind them. It always kind of is fearful of me. I kind of always try to check, be sure. But I don't know if there's little leper rags that are trailing off of him as he goes. I don't know if he jerks them and slings them off, but these are cloths that have been stained with, with, with the, the ruins and the, and the crud of leprosy. And it's like the scripture talks about when Christ comes into our life and cleanses us spiritually. It talks about the rags of sin. And it talks about the heart of stone. And it talks about Jesus, that we are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what the touch of Jesus Christ does when he decides he will. And that's his desire in your life, in my life, in our life. And once he's done that, we're testimony. He says, go show for a testimony unto all of them. The same Jesus reaches out to you today with compassion, with comfort, with cleansing. In his words, be clean, be pure, be restored. Let's pray. Jesus, what a, what a, what a powerful meeting, really confrontation of good and purity with, with the rags and with the stains of the world. And the question, Lord, just as a leper had for many of us is not we know you can, but Lord, do you really want to, do you really care? And your answer is undeniably loud and clear. I do, I will. And you identify with us, you come to where we are to bring us where you are. You came into a world affected and stained with sin and you lived sinless and you died on the cross, the, the sinless lamb of God with the sins of the world so that you could take me and us who are guilty. Scripture says if we keep the whole law and just break one, we're guilty of all and we were guilty as lawbreakers. And you did that because you loved us. You did that because you care. And in your touch, in your cleansing power, there is comfort, there is hope, there is encouragement, there is new life in you. Now, Father, it's my prayer this morning as we close this time together. That your touch continues to make all the difference. You're here this morning with eyes closed and people in prayer. This may be you. You may say, I've heard it. I want to believe it. I, I wish it was true. It's, and, and Satan says it's true for everybody else except you. He don't care, but he does. He does. And this morning, if this is you and you say, Jesus... I need this compassionate, comforting, cleansing touch in my life. And Lord, today, I don't care about the crowds. I don't care about the the format or, or how it's supposed to be done. All I know is I need you to touch me. And if that's you, right where you are, just stand, please, at your feet and just stand there. I want to pray with you. You say, God, this is me this morning. And he knows. 
he knows. He knows your heart. Is this your desire? Quickly. Father, I give this to you. In Jesus' name.